Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, the radio show all about traveling like a boss by being your own boss. Stay tuned for weekly interviews featuring guests that have built their own online businesses. If you would like to have access to our entire back catalog, visit travellikeabosspodcast.com for instant access. And here's your host, Johnny FD. What's up? This is Johnny, and welcome to another episode, episode number four. And this week we have a special guest uh, who I call the accidental entrepreneur, Sabrina Taylor from Toronto, Canada. That's such a good name for me. Yeah, it really is, right? Yeah, I've been wondering what to call myself. Now I'll just call myself the accidental entrepreneur. <laughs> Perfect. So, uh, why don't you tell all the guests listening a little bit about your story and how you ended up here in Chiang Mai, Thailand? Well, I came to Chiang Mai to help my friends out with work. I've been working with them for just over two years now. Well, one of them for longer than that, but about two years. And um, it's kind of an extended stay to work, and I've been helping them out with their social media is how it started, and it developed into high PR branding and backlinking and guest blogging and pretty much anything that so, they need. So you're throwing out a bunch of technical terms right now. Did you know all these terms before you got started on this? Good lord, no. I have to ask them what to call half <laughs> of what I do. I'm just like, what? Let okay. me read that SOP. So what were you doing uh, for a job before this? Mm, flight attending, uh, which I still currently do because that's part of being in the lifestyle business thing. You can kind of do a little bit of everything that you want to. So, but flight attending, okay. airport life. So is it normal for them to, to lay off employees during winter? For my company it is. So I'm laid off during the winter, which is why I have so much free time to come out to Thailand and work from here, which is a perk. Okay. And so if it wasn't for coming out here and working from Thailand, what would you, what, like, what, what did you do in previous years when you laid off the winter? Oh, well, it's a pretty new job. It's only been the last couple of years. So before that, I was in school. And after school, it was the airport life and this job. So it's just kind of been rolling with the punches. Okay. So it's all kind of pretty, pretty much brand new. This wasn't some you know grand scheme. I think most people listen to this, read the 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. They decided, hey, I want to I do this life. And then um, did some kind of training course, I guess, to learn web developing or programming. But you're, you're a completely opposite. Like... To be perfectly honest, this all just fell into my lap. Very much like my jobs with the airlines fell into my lap, so did this. And I've just kind of gone with it. And luckily, it's something that I enjoy and have been learning. I've definitely learned more in my couple of weeks here in Thailand. So it's been educational. That's cool. I mean, so for the people listening that aren't that technically savvy, uh, it, doing your job, I mean, is that something really anyone that can update their Facebook do? Or does it, does it require more technical training? Well, you don't really need any technical training. It, I mean, I've learned everything from, like, on the go. Like, I didn't definitely didn't do any training for it. If you can read and write and have and have a little bit of, uh, you know, you're good with grammar, I think you should be able to do it yourself and at least at the very, at the very least figure it out. Okay, very cool. So for those who are listening and wondering what these random bird chirps are in the background, uh, <laughs> Sabrina and I are actually sitting outside uh, of – Pun space, which is our co-working office space, yes. where we met, and uh, a gecko just walked by. A little baby gecko. <laughs> it's adorable. Wish you could see it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and it happened to be, you know, it's, it's been raining a little bit the last couple of days, but a little bit. Yeah, a lot of it. Uh, but overall, I mean, what do you think? What do you think of the weather here compared to, to Toronto during the winter? It's been kicking my butt because I'm so used to like 15 degrees back home. Right now, it's fall, and so it's a little bit chillier back there. So the 40 degree humidity is 
making me sweat. It's making me lose weight. That's not, yeah, well, <laughs> there you, you know go, what? girls. That whole lifestyle is, is great being out here. I mean, overall. Okay. Um, this is the healthiest I've been in years. Like, I'm a pretty, like, I'm a clean eater. Uh-huh. G-free, not since 93, nice. but close enough. That's all right. Uh, and this is definitely the healthiest because everything you can pretty much pick up fresh from a farmer's market. Definitely don't use as much pesticides as North America. And everybody is kind of outside being fit. Wait, is Canada in North America? Yes. <laughs> <I'm> kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you can see our igloos. Nice. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the actual lifestyle out here in Chiang Mai. Um, you did, was this your first trip out to Thailand? This is my second trip to Thailand, but my first to the mountains. Um, my first time was about a year and a half ago. I did a little island hopping with my work, um, colleagues, I guess, or whatever, my work partners. Uh, we did Koh Tao, Samoy, and Phan Yang. So this is a definitely a different experience, being away from the beach and not drinking buckets every night. <laughs> I, I think for me, Chiang Mai has been the one place where I, I feel like I have pretty, pretty much normal life. Yeah, this is the closest. Like, there's gyms and yoga. There's farmers markets that you can visit. There's the co-working space. Like everything that I would do if I were back home is what I could do here. But it's just like way healthier for some reason. And cheaper. Yeah, definitely cheaper. Uh, let's talk talk about a little bit about your living expenses, and then we're gonna talk about other ways where people make money while they're out here. Okay. Well. Living expenses are definitely cut in quarters from what it would be like in North America. Basically, I have a studio apartment here, and you can get a decent student apartment in like a safe, you know, building. I pay $300 a month, and I get maid service, Wi-Fi, a pool, a gym. I mean, that's not too shabby for 300 bucks. Yeah, and you're a one-minute walk away from really, really great Thai food. Yeah. Uh, and every Saturday, one of it's probably my favorite outdoor market, the Saturday market right by your house. Oh, I went to that this weekend. It is great, the night markets. Yeah, amazing food. I had uh, roasted sweet potatoes, oh. uh, which were amazing. And then I had my, my once-a-week sweet potatoes, <laughs> the only carbs I have. Uh, and I had these pork skewers, which are amazing, uh, and a fresh coconut. And you know, you could, I could walk around there for hours and just snack. Love your coconut. Yeah, definitely. Um, oh, yeah, speaking of coconuts, actually, uh, on the motorcycle ride back from lunch. Uh, Johnny stopped and got a coconut. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's my, my daily routine, and it's 50 cents uh, for a fresh coconut. They chop it in half for you. And um, what are some of your favorite foods since you've been out here? Curry. You can't beat the curry. Yeah. Spicy. And, and is there curry in Toronto? Is curry in Toronto? Where do you think I'm from? Of course there's curry. It's just, it's not the same. Like, everything here is just better. And there's the bamboo shoots and spicy peppers. And they just make it better. Yeah, cool. Um, so, all right, so the food's great. The weather's great. It's cheap to live here. Um, and the other thing that a lot of people don't think about is... It's actually pretty easy to make money when you're out here. Um, I mean, you're not going to make $100,000 a year starting out, you know, but you can get away with, I mean, like, what do you think the, the a monthly budget is where you can be, you can live out here? I think you can definitely live off $1,000 out here. There's no reason why you shouldn't be able to because you have so many um, options when it comes to pricing for housing and food. I mean, lunch today for me costs just over one Canadian dollar. Yeah. I mean, think if you eat three meals like that, that's three four dollars tops a day i mean that's peanuts but the best thing that that i've 
gotten to experience being out here work-wise is meeting people because Chiang Mai in particular is such a business-oriented area. Like the co-working space has been a great experience. You meet people that are working hard. I have never worked this hard, but I don't hate it. It's something I'm enjoying because everybody's in that zone and you feel their energy and you just kind of go with it, which yeah. is why my friends felt so strongly about me coming to check out the place. Yeah, so you got really lucky about having friends that happened to, you know, they, they needed they needed somebody to write all their social media, um, and they knew, because they knew you for so long, you were a perfect fit. But at the same time, I'm sure there's a lot of people who would have, you know, been too scared to come out. You know, like, what made you decide, hey, let me just give this a, sh a try? Well, it was a, worst came to worst, it was just a two-month vacation somewhere a lot nicer than Canada, so I couldn't really go wrong. <laughs> But, I mean, I had the time. A lot of people don't have the time off to be able to do something like this. But if you do, it's definitely worthwhile. I think that for anyone that doesn't currently have a, a career or a job um, back in North America or back really anywhere, I mean, if they had just a little bit of savings, they could come out here, build a business, or even uh, do, do what you did is just find find another startup who, who needs your services and get a job. Well, um, there, yeah, there's definitely people out there who are looking to hire and you can always find somebody online it is a lot of hard work which is what some people don't understand though but when you say hard work it's not like hard work like it is back home where you you know dread you know going you know waking up at the nine to five office yeah no you know. it's not the same i mean here you, you can kind of work on your own schedule yeah uh, you can kind of take a break whenever you want there's no real boss breathing down your down your throat even though you know even though you're technically working for someone it's you know it is a startup environment it is definitely a startup environment. Um, you definitely have to have initiative, which is something you don't need in an office because they're always going to give you tasks, which is part of the reason why I like working for somebody, though, because they have tasks, they give them to me, and while I do take initiative for certain things, I'm always being told what to do, and that works. Yeah, that's cool. I think for, you know, sometimes I, I fail to forget that some people just enjoy working and having a set schedule and having you know, a, a list of things to do. Uh, not everyone wants to go out and try to imagine up their own business all the time. Well, it can be daunting to start your own business, which is why I like being on the other end of it. Well, I think one of the greatest things uh, that people can do for learning experience is start out by helping someone else out with their business. And through that, you learn all the skills and you make all the connections where if you ever wanted to, you could branch off and, and do your own product, do your own, own online business. Oh, absolutely. Like I've learned heaps by working with my partners. Like they are constantly teaching me new things and because they need me to do new tasks that they don't have time to do. So I'm always learning something different and it's definitely broadened my horizons for that. But. Well, one funny thing I noticed is there's a, a job board here at Fun Space at the front desk where people are trying to hire assistants and you know other people just kind of help out with their business. <laughs> and, uh, they never they never get filled because everyone here has their own business. <laughs> I know I'm kind of like the fluke here because everyone's like, "What? So do you plan on starting your own?" I'm like, "No, yeah. nah. <laughs> Sounds like a lot more work than what I'm doing now." But it's actually perfect because you get all the skills, you get, you know, you, you know exactly what you need to do and you get to see, you got to kind of, you know, live this life, enjoy all the benefits of it, learn everything, meet all the people, but without really taking any risk on your, on your own. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, hey, if worse came to worse and they decided to snip me from their business, at least I'd know how to start on my own if I wanted to. Yeah. Uh, but they're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, and I think, I mean, there's a, like, so, so... Let's briefly talk about what actual social media marketing is. And uh, some people might ask, 
well, why can't they just outsource outsource this to India or to the Philippines where you can pay someone a lot less money? So what are the what is it exactly that you you know kind of a brief overview of what you do and what what are the benefits of them hiring a native English speaker um, versus outsourcing it to India or Philippines? Well, I like to brand myself as quality. You know, you're you're paying for my quality when you like when you hire somebody who's a native speaker or who isn't an outsourcer. Um, part of you want somebody who's invested in what your business is if you're going to hire them, basically. Like, it's part of the team-building aspect, which is why, I, I mean, I understand why people get VI, VAs or, you know, virtual assistants or outsource to foreign countries for cheap prices, but that cheap price is going to be reflected in your work, from what I can tell. Yeah, I know, at least for now, um, one thing that works with admittedly in Google rankings is having some, some, you know, some related articles from high PR sites, write a, you know, write an article and have a link back to your site. Uh, and it doesn't really matter what the content is unless, you know, it, it doesn't really matter what the quality of the content is as long as it, as it's a certain amount of words, um, has the right anchor text and has the right context. Uh, but I really think that Google is trying to get rid of that, and I, I believe they're going to be successful getting rid of that, and you know, relatively soon, if not within a year or two. And they're going to look for real quality content, you know, that's actually written by by people who who care what they're writing. Well, there's always going to need to be high quality articles that pertain to exactly what you're doing. But with the high PR articles, I mean, they're still high ranking websites with the right anchor text and the right backlinks, and that's what you're building. You're building backlinks, and, and the material does have to reflect what you're writing on. It can't just be all willy-nilly, you know. Kind of has It does have to link in to a certain extent, but with so many Google updates, I'm, I'm sorry, they're killing the rainforest with their updates, the pandas and penguins. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, it's always going to be changing, but for now it's, it is something that definitely works for people. Well, I think one thing that will always work no matter what is – having good quality content that people actually enjoy reading, that people actually enjoy sharing, and having it posted on places that, you know, are genuine sites that people enjoy going to and that they're not, you know, tr- being tricked to go to. Well, that's the art of guest blogging. Yeah. Yes. The, but the good thing about guest blogging is you outreach to other people. You build a network with other bloggers. So when you say you have an online product you want to launch, now you have a group of people who like your material, like you, and are willing to help you spread that. So you get, you know, a broader reach when you go for that. Um, and I definitely don't think that you could get that same, you know, that same following if, you know, it, if you had, you paid $2 an article from some guy in the Philippines who didn't really care what he was writing. No, you definitely need to have somebody who's invested in what you're writing. And it helps if you're actually enjoying what you're writing about. I've done hundreds of guest blogs. And you have to infuse personality and good grammar into those sort of things. And you're not going to get that for $2. Grammar? Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> you better find time for that. <laughs> or you just pay me to do it for you. <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely think that um, – I, I didn't even know what your official job title is. but so You just called it Accidental <laughs> Entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, but I definitely do think that you know these type of jobs are going to be – are going to be fast growing, especially in this economy where I know Toronto's is, is not as bad as the U.S. But in the U.S., it's really hard to find jobs nowadays. Um, but at the same time, it's just as easy as always to start your own business. And part of starting your own business is eventually 
scaling it where you, you do need employees. Well, yeah, I actually think the hardest part is to find people who do what I do because anybody can start a business, but building a team within that business isn't always easy. And I've seen my partners go through that, trying to find people who are invested, who are going to give high quality work. I mean, that's tough to find out and it would be in any given job, but it seems to be harder. I think it's harder when you're, yeah, niche. especially when you're overseas and they kind of have to, you know, I mean, it's much easier to work with somebody who's who's here that you can kind of just tap on the shoulder. Um, you, you can meet at the office space every day and be like, hey, you know, oh, hands what's going down. on? Like we worked together in Canada for a year straight off their couch, but it was good because you could bounce ideas off each other and we were always around each other. And then we've had exactly 10 months in between before I landed in Chiang Mai and that having 13,000 kilometers between us and working is tough. It is incredibly tough. So even just being here for the two weeks I've been, I mean, you can tell how much easier it is. Yeah, definitely. One thing that I'm in the process of doing right now for my own business is for one of my e-commerce stores, It's I take customer orders on the phone sometimes. And right now that I've been traveling, uh, the time zones are completely reversed. Mm -hmm. So people are calling me at four in the morning um, and it's just going straight to voicemail. And I know I'm losing some sales from that. Uh, for now, I actually decided, you know what, let me just let it let it go to voicemail um, and, you know, kind of while I still figure it out. But eventually, I do need to hire an assistant. Uh, I, actually, I actually need to hire someone in the U.S. so they can pick up the, the calls um, at the right time. But because it's so hard for me to coordinate with people in the U.S., I can, you know, if it, if it wasn't for that specific need, there's no way I'd want to, you know, partner up or or hire somebody um, to help with the business that's in a different time zone. I'd rather be able to just, you know, to see them and just have lunch with them and be like, hey, this is what we need to do today. Yeah, well, it's definitely easier to be in the same time zone, but when you're working with something that's in a different country, yeah, it's it's harder to find those employees too, I would imagine. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about uh, the random various jobs that people people have been doing online that, that you've just met. I mean, how long have you actually been here? Uh... Almost two weeks exactly. Okay. And you've met quite a few people since you've been here. What are some random jobs? Because I mean, that's usually the first thing you ask each other, right? What do you do? Yeah, well, I, the most random would be the one I heard today at lunch. Um, selling erectile <laughs> dysfunction pills. <laughs> I mean, there is a niche for everything here. There are e-commerce, which I had to have described to me again today at lunch. Um, so a lot of people in e-commerce, a lot of people creating their own online products like study guides for certain subjects or um, affiliate marketing. Um, what else? A lot of e-commerce I've yeah. run into. There's a yeah. lot of programmers out here. A lot of people writing code beside me, which just looks like gibberish on a screen. Yeah. Usually anytime you see a black screen with green text. <laughs> yeah. it's There's definitely a lot of people. there. I met a couple that are developing a body app for your phone mm -hmm. so you can chart your body weight. Yeah, body I mean, track it. That's everything. A good app. I have that on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we met a guy who does who makes uh, all the Prime City games on a uh, on the iPhone and Android. Mm. Uh, there's a guy that I met who does has uh, Panda DNB, uh, which is a YouTube channel where he has guest DJs upload their new DNB mixes onto his site. Oh, that's he, cool. Yeah. So really, I mean, there's all these different random jobs uh, that can be done while while chopping out here. Well, yeah, you could do just about anything, and the best is because you're meeting people in different niches, you get to bounce ideas off each other and learn something new and maybe learn about something you'd never heard of and incorporate that into whatever it is that you're doing and that can make all the difference in your business. Yeah, and being out here has definitely been the best education that I've ever had 
for learning these skills, these business skills. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, this is probably better than than getting an MBA. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> I, I really believe so. I, actually, I wouldn't want to do an MBA, yeah. so I'm not going to disagree with you. I actually met a business owner recently who, you know, he had his online business for years and decided to go back and get his MBA thinking it would benefit him. Uh, and about a month into the class, he realized, I'm being taught by professors who have never successfully built a business. There you go. And I mean, you said it earlier today that, you know, part of having this, your own business is you don't really have an overhead when you have an online, not really, if nothing substantial. Like if you were to open a restaurant somewhere or a store, you have major overhead that you need to cover. And who has that kind of cash these days? Yeah. So doing it online you basically have the teeniest overhead possible, like domain names and web hosting and whatnot. And then the rest is just gain. Yeah, and, and that allows me to do a lot of things like offer free shipping promotions and you know offer a lot of value in, in which other companies wouldn't be able to do because they have to spend all their money paying for employees, paying for rent, paying for equipment, paying for inventory. I mean, if you ask me to start... So let's say we wanted to start a store that sold you know water bottles... <laughs> In Canada, in Toronto, I mean, what would some of those upfront costs be? They'd be outrageous. You're looking at marketing, branding, the actual cost of materials. Those are things that you don't have to worry about well, online. Not to mention renting a storefront. I mean, getting a competition, twelve month lease on it. I mean, I mean, I, we'd have to take out a huge business loan and put our our credit on the line, basically, for to open a storefront. And we'd have them hire employees, buy a cash register, pay for utilities. I mean, it would be hundreds of thousands of dollars to get into a business that we don't even know is going to work. Yeah, definitely. Versus being out here and starting an online store or online business. If it doesn't work, I really didn't lose anything. I mean, like I've started... And you got a good yeah. experience out of it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so... Brain fart. <laughs> <laughs> so next, let's talk a little bit about um, about the normal, normal jobs back home versus the jobs out here. I'm sure there's some pros and cons of it. And you're a good person to ask because, you know, you worked, you went to school, you got a normal job. And now that you kind of, you're pretty new to this, what are some pros and cons that you see of both? Well, right now with the economic state of North America in particular, you know, it's, it's hard to find a job. I have never found a job that was in my field of education. Mind you, I studied the most outrageous stuff. Like I have degrees in philosophy, psychology, and sociology. What I don't know what I was planning on doing. <laughs> Passing five years of my life, apparently. Um, but you know, so it's hard to find a job. So there's a pro to working online. That's something that you can take control of. Um, a con? Well, like I work for an airline. I'm laid off right now. I'd say that's a pretty good con. I mean, I have no control over my future there. I'm at the mercy of them calling me back or not. And this is something that so far is uh, a constant. Um, you mentioned you, something about your, your, some of your coworkers and you know, imagining yourself as being 50 and still <laughs> working the same job. You know, elaborate on that a little bit. Well, yeah, what I was saying is, you know, I don't want to be serving others when I'm 50 years old. Not that I'm not down putting it at all. For me, it's just not what I was looking for. Uh, I want something that I could do out of my home if I want to at some point, um, you know. When you start to have a family, those are things, you know, being able to manage the business from home makes a big difference. Yeah, uh, there's a guy named Pat Flynn who wrote a book called Let Go. And even though he has a location independent business, he chooses to stay at home because he has a family and he has a little, he has a little son. And what he values the most is being able to be there and spend time with his son. He work, you know, he works out of his home office. Uh, he has a podcast as well. And 
he was there to see his, his son's first steps, you know, which is awesome. And, you know, so when it comes time, if I, if I ever have a family of my own, I would love to be able to just be able to work from home whenever I want and be able to take out two hours out of my day to take my kid to the park. Yeah, it definitely is a perk for that. You know, so whether you, know, you want to travel the world, uh, you want to stay in, you know, you just want to live in one place like we're kind of doing now, uh, or if you want to stay at home, you know, wherever wherever you were born and raised and have the free time, it all works out. A uh, little bit about what we're doing now is, you know, we're, even though we're technically traveling, we're all kind of settled down here in Chiang Mai. So it's it's kind of like we're we're living, not really as an expat, but we're living in in Chiang Mai semi-permanently uh, and we're not necessarily backpacking around um, versus what I, you know, I used to do, a lot of people would do is they would just, you know, kind of live out of backpack, live in dorms, live here, here and there for a couple of weeks. What are some of the benefits you see of, of, you know, putting down your roots in a place like Chiang Mai? Well, you can kind of have the best of both worlds if you want. Like if you're a nester, I'm a nester. I, you know, I like to build a home around myself. You can do that. You can have all your regular routines. Like I said, the farmer's market, your gym or yoga your work, all that is something that you can find here. It's not necessarily something you'd find on a smaller island. And, like, if you were backpacking, you'd be constantly on the go. Um, you know, it's a, it's affordable, which makes it so much easier as well. Yeah. Well, actually, one thing that I'm doing is, so I'm, I'm looking for another apartment. I'm staying in a hotel for a month, which is awesome just being able to have that flexibility to do so. Uh, there's no way I'd be able to afford to pay for a month at the Marriott back home. Um, <laughs> but here, I'm, at a, I'm actually at a really nice hotel, and I pay about 400 bucks a month. And I was thinking, you know, should I upgrade to just sign a contract for a nice place that's, let's say, 600 bucks a month, where I get a one-bedroom apartment, you know, and then basically live in a suite? Or should I have the flexibility of staying in a slightly cheaper place that's still, you know, very nice, but I wouldn't mind just leaving it empty for three weeks at a time when I go down to the islands and hang out for, you know, just 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 a party? <laughs> See, I'm a bit of a minimalist, so I don't have a problem. I, I don't need all the bells and whistles that come with a bigger place or something. I mean, I don't even have a microwave in my apartment. But you don't need to with, you know, with the amount of food around here. I mean, like, literally a block away from your house, you have everything. Tw- 20 different food food places. Yeah, so that's kind of why I don't feel the need to do something upgraded. Whereas in Toronto, for example, I would never live like this. <laughs> yeah, well, I think also back home, it's, you know, most people aren't really excited about the day-to-day life, so they need somewhere to go back to to relax. Um, and a lot of people on weekends, I know, at least for me and all my friends, you know, we'd work so hard Monday through Friday at a job that we didn't necessarily love. And our weekends were reserved for going out, partying, drinking all night, and then just laying around all Saturday and Sunday, kind of in a hungover state. <laughs> yep, that sounds like a typical back home activity for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but, it's not like that here. <laughs> but here on weekends, you know, we'll go cliff jumping in the at this beautiful lagoon. Uh, there's waterfalls, there's hiking, there's... Um, the quarry, the night markets, mm-hmm. documentary, like, outdoors <laughs> and stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, and we're close enough where if we wanted to, we can take a short flight somewhere. Yep. Like, I'm planning on going to Cambodia for a few weeks uh, the next time my visa's, my visa's up, just just because. It's never, never been there. I figured they have these ancient temples uh, called uh, Angkor Wat. Yeah, I booked a trip there for the end of November. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And, you know, there's um, in January, I'm going to go down to the full moon party. Uh, worth seeing. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, even for, I, I remember, I think it was a few years ago, uh, we were hanging out in Thailand, and a friend said, what are you doing for New Year's? They have cheap flights to Bali. And we're like, all right, well, let's go to Bali. <laughs> Why not? Everything is so close here. Yeah. Like the cost 
for me to fly across the world is what it costs round trip for me to go across Canada. So to me, when you get here and realize how cheap everything is, it makes traveling so much more attainable. Yeah, especially if you travel light. So one thing I definitely recommend people is, you know, don't bring too much crap that you don't need. I mean, you can really show up here with a backpack, your a laptop, and you're pretty much set. Pretty much. You are going to end up wearing the exact same thing over and over again, so why pack all the excess? Yeah. And you're fine with that. I mean, back home, you know, you'd have to keep up with the with the Joneses, I guess. I mean, if – I've noticed this with girls. And tell me if this is true or not, mm-hmm. is if one of the – you know, if all the girls in the group are wearing flats all the time, then you feel comfortable wearing flats. But as soon as one or two of them start wearing heels – you feel like you have to wear heels as well. Is oh, it true? instantly kicks in that you want to wear heels. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I have to say, though, it's super nice to just wear sandals all the time. And, and you look fine in it. I mean, I, And in a dress. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, guy, I don't think guys even notice this. I mean, I, I, don't, I really you don't did. know. Yeah. <laughs> didn't but you? But the thing is, I don't, I mean, I guess, you know, I noticed it out of a comfort thing, but I didn't notice it as in, oh, wow, why is she not wearing heels? Because here it'd just be impractical. Yeah, it's true. It's like even wearing makeup. Um, most of the girls here don't even wear makeup because it's, it's too hot and you don't – who cares? Is it pretty easy to live out here as a girl? Yeah. It's pretty pretty breezy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I know for as a single guy, it's super easy for me just to pack up, move into a place, not worry about, you know, safety or anything, but from, from a woman's point of view. Well, yeah, I guess it's a bit different traveling as a woman. I came here by myself, but knowing that people were here, but – um, you know, Thailand feels like a relatively safe country. I, I mean, I always watch my, as my mother calls it, my six o'clock, but you know, it's, <laughs> you, you're talking about your butt, <laughs> my back end. Yeah. But you know, besides that, like I feel comfortable. I mean, I walk the night marker by myself and I don't feel like I'm going to get robbed. We leave our laptops in cafes. I mean, obviously the fear isn't huge. So yeah, I'm actually kind of guilty of that too, where, uh, back home, even in like San Francisco and California where it's relative, I mean, it's relatively safe, but there's no way I'm going to leave my laptop, you know, sitting out when I, when I go out to, you know, leave, you know, leaving it somewhere, even while I go to the bathroom, you know, you can't even leave your phone in like a Starbucks in Toronto without it disappearing. Yeah. No, you just wouldn't do it. It's just very, it's a very different culture here for that. Yeah. But here I'm actually very guilty of just leaving my laptop out, um, actually every day for lunch. Uh, I know it's a it's a co-working office, so you know relatively it's you know it's it's enclosed environment. But I have a brand new MacBook Air, and I and I, I just leave it on the table when I go f- to lunch for an hour. Oh yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what we all did today. No, it's you know one day we might kick ourselves in the pants when we show up and it's not there, but hopefully that doesn't happen because it know, just doesn't seem to I've, be. I've been doing that for that. months, and <laughs> I'm just gonna keep doing that because it's absolutely fine. Uh, so I mean. I'm not saying nothing bad ever happens out here because, you know, I'm sure there is there 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 is crime. Well, there's always going to be a horror story, right? It's yeah. just, like I said, watch your 6 o'clock and you should yeah. be good and, you know, behave accordingly. There's It's a different culture, so you behave a different way sometimes. Like, But it's definitely not as bad or even close to being as bad as, you know, the fears that people have who've never traveled. I mean, when people, you know, hear that you're going, you moved to Thailand, I mean, what are some of the misconceptions that they had? Oh, that it's war torn i'm gonna get kidnapped i don't know i'm gonna get drowned by a tsunami it's ridiculous like my dad went on a rampage looking up stuff that was gonna that i was gonna drink wiper fluid in a bucket and die like (laughs) you know huff helium balloons or whatever it is you know there's there are common misconceptions but i mean would you behave like that at home no so why would you behave that way here 
I think if you just mind your P's and Q's, I don't know, you just you'll you'll be fine. There's always going to be misconceptions, but yeah, and I think a lot of the things that you know people do is because they're 18, they've never traveled before. Uh, maybe they're from from the United States where they weren't even allowed to drink back home, and now they're out here drinking you know unlimited amounts of cheap liquor out of a bucket. <laughs> The buckets will kill you no matter what age you are. Well, one <laughs> Don't thing, drink yeah. the buckets. <laughs> one thing that I think is really cool is, you know, having this new kind of new generation of people in their, their late 20s and 30s who are starting to travel and, and doing more of an entrepreneur lifestyle travel uh, versus the young backpackers. Um, like for the first couple of years that I, I traveled, I never really met anyone who really made money online. So it was really hard to have motivation for me to build my own business. But now that I've found Chiang Mai, I've found Pun Space, I've found people who are, are successful, it's so much easier. And you're really lucky. Uh, you're really fortunate to uh, just jump straight into that. I definitely did luck out. Yeah. Have you met any anyone else, um, let's say, that's not kind of part of the, this, this huge circle, like English teachers, for example? I've... No, I think I've met maybe one English teacher, and that's it. And she's just visiting, sort of passing her way through. But no, everyone kind of sticks to their, you know, you work, you're the digital nomad, you kind of stick with your other digital nomads. And I think that they, you know, ESLs, they stick with them. And it that's, but you, I'm also integrated myself with, you know, I came to visit my best friends as much as I came to work. So I've spent most of my time with them. That's cool. Well, one thing that I noticed hanging out with some, some teachers is they're they have they live a normal nine to five life and they get paid i think they get paid around thirty thousand baht a month which is about a thousand dollars us which is actually pretending to live but there's there's some kind of there's something about them that i think they realize that thousand dollars a month that they're making uh, they, they only make while they're actively working so as soon as they you know aren't working um the, as soon as they you know, they're sick or they decide for whatever reason um, the special is over, that money is it doesn't come in anymore. So they have to really be frugal about their savings. While I think the biggest difference with kind of more the digital nomads, the people that have the online business, is they know money comes in no matter what and no matter where they go. Well, I think also is that with the digital nomad, your potential is limitless. Yeah. So how hard you want to work will determine how much you make. Which is, I know why so many people drive to do it. Like, for me, I'm in this world, but I don't... I mean, I pick up extra work if I need it, but for the most part, I stick with my regular, and so I'm at a set limit. But I do have the opportunity to get a new client because of my, and I air quote this, expertise. Yeah. So, you know, there's well, that definitely Well, that is definitely a, definitely a skill that, you know, you're building, and you're building yourself... Even, even you know, without you really knowing it, you're building yourself a client base. You're building yourself a brand. You're building yourself um, something that eventually will be scalable. Um, yeah. You know, versus if you're working on a normal job, it's really not scalable unless you decide to open your own airline. <laughs> I don't ever think I'll have that much money, and I would hate to do it. <laughs> I right. think I'll just stick with my partners. <laughs> so before I let you go, uh, what are what are three tips? I mean, it doesn't have to necessarily have to do with business or traveling or entrepreneur, but just three things in general that you think that people people can, can really take action on starting today that would help their lives? Um, well, a heads up for needing three tips would have been helpful. <laughs> like, let's see. Yeah. Okay, so on the ball, let's say number one. Uh, tip number one is don't just see online entrepreneurship as a risk because as you've seen back home, you know, 
having that so-called nine to five isn't necessarily secure. So what's what makes online, you know, so risky. So open your mind to it. Tip number two, work hard and be good at what you do because nobody wants to spend their money on crap quality and you won't build yourself a business or a brand or a name for yourself that isn't good if you don't produce good quality work. And tip number three, we gotta have fun with it. I mean, what's the worst that's gonna happen? Yeah, the worst that can happen is you leave the dreaded winter back home, you have a vacation, <laughs> you meet some cool people, you see some cool experiences, and you go back with a new set of skills and a new perspective on life. You said it. Very cool. So uh, if you guys want to get in touch with Sabrina, you can leave a comment on, on our blog. This is episode four at the Travel Like a Boss podcast. Uh, any final words? I think I said it all. All right, guys. <laughs> Take care and see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, how to choose the perfect niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.